Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene, scene Partners. partners. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like wound up too. I thought you were doing something. Special. I know. I started to make. <laughs> I started to make a face and then I really was, I honestly was just going to not do anything at all. I was just going to stare at you and see how long it, it would last. But I realized that that wouldn't make for a good podcast. No. Of me just being like, this is hilarious. It was funny because in my mind it was an eternity, but I know it was like a split second. And yeah, we both made a short. decision. It's just like whenever you're on stage <laughs> and you think you like, you drop a line and you're like, oh man, the entire audience probably just wants to walk out because there was, you know, five seconds of silence. That felt like 30 minutes. Yes. Sometimes that does happen, though. Well, for some of us, yeah. <laughs> when I purposely is that? breathed into the mic that time. I don't oh, okay. know if you noticed that. That was on purpose. When, don't when, don't when? edit that out. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> for everyone that... Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, misophonia. What? Yeah, misophonia. That's a thing where people like have trouble dealing with like mouth sounds or you know breathing, heavy breathing and things like that. So like if you were chewing like a, a piece of gum, I would want to punch of, you in the face. Really? Oh, man. I thought there was like a whole section of YouTube that was just dedicated to people making mouth sounds. Yes, there is. Isn't that that? It's a, not it's for me. What, what MSR? What is it? M ASMR. ASMR. I was like, some of those letters. <laughs> it's a mess head. <laughs> like some of these letters are correct. I just remember somebody showing me one of those one time and being absolutely horrified at what I was watching. It was like somebody in a mermaid costume, just like being like, I'm under the water. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? I looked at it, it had like millions of views. Yes. Like how I I have made so many terrible decisions in my life when I could have just. And you've never some... made money off of that. And I've never made. <laughs> <laughs> Although all those bad decisions, and I've never made money off of that. But maybe that purposeful breathing into the mic could mm -hmm. one day lead to us uh, getting those Grove sponsorships that if you're hoarding from if me. That's what it's going to happen. If, if that's what it takes, <laughs> I would breathe so hard into this microphone. I will say, since we're uh, since we're talking about that, um, you know, we haven't really we haven't really talked about this on the podcast before. But I should say that we're at what episode is this? 22? Sure. 22 22. Or yeah, I think so, yeah. 22 episodes. That's that's over, you know, it was probably like 23 or 24 hours, like a full day's worth. Yeah. of a podcast. It's really hard crazy. to wrap my mind around. And you have edited every single one of those. Having never done this before. Yeah, it's like so I I, was I just telling you this I think the that other it's day. like a huge thing, and I know that you like slough off stuff that's like compliments to have to do with you, but that's a huge thing. I mean, to like jump in and start editing. I mean, I sure didn't. I just like showed up and <laughs> sat down. I literally am in a recliner right now. Like I've moved <laughs> the recliner in more comfortable I've, with every single just podcast. Talking. I've become more comfortable, and you get more work. I but you know what though, and I said this the other day, but I really enjoy the challenge of. Like we're recording this on a Tuesday and this yeah. goes up on Thursday. So I really enjoy the challenge of how can I take all of these because we go on some tangents sometimes. Yeah, it's it's me. It's how me. can I, I, I how can I make all of these things make sense and make it not sound like it's too too edited? Because there's a couple of podcasts and I've noticed it even on Dax's now. Oh yeah. It's like when you work on it and you do it all the time, you can hear the the edits and how like 
that good is true. some Just are and how bad like some others to, are. Listening to ours and hearing what you edit and how you do it, it's so it's so awesome. You've gotten so good at it. I Thank mean, you. I will say that for the both of us and just in general, in the very beginning of doing this, oh, <laughs> oh man. Rough, rough city. And I just remember listening to it the first time, and I know that I said to you, this is awesome. <laughs> we are going to look back on this and be ashamed. We are. <laughs> but it's- And there's no way, there's no way that we will not look back. But I think that's in everybody. Yeah, I think we could probably look back uh, at even some of those first ones that we thought, hey, we've got our stride now. Yeah. And listen to them and be horrified. That's true. So anyone that's come along on the journey with us, thank you. Yeah, thanks for making we it We appreciate your patience. Um, and But we've almost done this almost half a year now. That can't be true. Well, you're 26 makes half a year. Oh my god! So in like four weeks, we're gonna we're gonna make that. That's, I said that, that is very wild. country bumpkin-y. Four weeks, we go we go make that. <laughs> we go well. make it. We go make it good. <laughs> yes, baby. we Here will. We go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just I just want to say I guess on behalf of the play on theater or scene partners in general, just thank you for always being so awesome and on top of it because it takes a long time. And I don't think that when people listen most of the time to, to anything or even watch anything, I mean, that's the same thing with theater. You don't think that it, it takes as much work as it takes. I mean, yeah. it's, it's that's time spent. And, you know, you and I talk about this a lot, especially with each other and even on this podcast. But what means a lot to us is the time that you put into something. And this takes a crap ton of time. And you're able to do it and then produce something every week and it. It isn't crap. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know what I liken it to? Um, I the, the way I kind of like see the way art and everything kind of like works together is I always think of figure skating mm-hmm. because those people make it look so freaking effortless. Oh, yeah. And you know, without a doubt, the amount of training and hard work, like all of those spins, all of those moves, it requires so much focus on it has to be so perfect and so rehearsed and and it's like if you can make something look and feel effortless then Mm -hmm. you put in the work and the time that it that it needed and was necessary and like with theater it's like when it looks really good it was like hey you guys like did a great job like you guys all fit the role you all fit your parts and it's like yeah you know why because we all went home we all did our homework and we came to rehearsal every time prepared and we could play yeah it's awesome. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of like you, you watch um, like when you watch a musical and you know, these people are just like exhausted and they're they're singing and they're dancing. And they're just like going crazy and it just looks so easy and like they're singing effortlessly mm-hmm. and you, you watch something like that and then you watch something like your performance in Godspell and it's like, man, that was really difficult for him. <laughs> Yes, that actually was. <laughs> I I can't. I'm so sorry. I hit the microphone just then because I was so intrigued <laughs> you're, with you're myself. Too I felt so good, so so good about that. That was just so fun to be able to say something so cruel to you. It, it it is very complimentary in the same breath too because it shows that like before every single freaking rehearsal, rehearsal we were there running through that tap dance. Yeah, I mean, For well, that is, that's just another one of those like awesome things about you. And I think one of the things that made me 
like want to work with you is just your ability to your ability to just take something on and be like, I'm I'm doing this. And so it's going to be the best that I can possibly do. No matter what, I'm going to do what I can in the time allotted to make this great. And in that particular show, there's or really any show, there's a whole lot of things you can't control. And the things that you can control, you put everything you can into it. Yes. And that was one of those things. I mean, you I had tried. never like you and I had that tap dance and. Um, a lot of the times in that show, that that part is just a, a a soft shoe between the two guys. Yeah. And what I really loved is that we worked in being actually being able to actually put on tap shoes, and that it worked that way. Yeah. So that it it just added so much to it, I think. But you were able to really take on learning tap for like that. That's a crash course. A crash course <laughs> of, of learning tap, and then learning it, and it wasn't super easy. And then being no. able to, you know, match me stride for stride, considering that I've actually taken that and paid a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it's it's impressive. It's awesome, you know. And that I think that's that's really cool. But I do want to compliment your patience in working <laughs> with me. No, no, I know this is turning into like, a, oh, that's, let's compliment each other for ten minutes. But no, no I, do I don't wanna... mind. You you you, you okay. talk away. <laughs> Tell everybody you're, how patient I am. You're, you're, Just don't you take were too long. Incredibly patient with me because I I didn't know what the moves were called, and you were like, okay. We're going to work on this slowly, and then we're going to build the muscle memory, and then we're going to do it at speed. You need to stop beating yourself up when you don't immediately get something. <laughs> Calm down. Well, I mean, You can't be perfect at everything out the gate. Like, I love I love to tap dance, but there's still stuff. I mean, that's a that's a forever growing knowledge of something. You know, yeah. you never know at all, and I definitely don't. I mean, really, my knowledge of it is, is pretty basic. Um but I do really like it. I mean, that's one of my favorite things is watching other people like teach people how to to tap. I mean, it just takes so long. It's also working with both sides of your brain. I mean, it's like drumming. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to like be able to do different things at the same time with your feet, and it's it's difficult. Did I ever tell you how ignorant I am about tap dancing, or before I had ever done it? The um, the first time I'd ever put on tap shoes, I uh. I thought the taps were loose on the shoes. <laughs> and I'm so confused. You thought that they weren't just tapping against the floor; that they were just slinging. No, their no, feet I didn't know that something? they were. They were. They were tight on the like, like bolted onto the shoe. I thought they were like loose, and that you were like slinging to get that like a like a spoons. You know how you like oh you play like spoons? spoons like you were literally just that is that's precious. <laughs> that is a precious little thing. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it other than that's precious. Yeah. Yeah. By um, the way, um, total total change of subject here since we're, you know, 10 minutes in. I watched One Night in Miami. We're doing a great job of being like, hey, you know, we have our topic that we're going to talk about. I threw us off the rails. Yeah, let's quit complimenting one I, another. I let's apologize. talk about like One Night in Miami. So, yes, you finally you you got to watch One Night in Miami so. even after I basically gave you a probably a play-by-play. But I wouldn't say you gave me a play by play. It was so freaking good. Mm -hmm. I cannot recommend it enough to people like, you know, I feel like if you don't watch it, it it doesn't make any sense, especially. And maybe it's just me assuming that every single human has Amazon Prime. But I I do. Yeah. Assume that. (laughs) Well, Um, you know, we've had it for probably since college. Yeah, I have. Because they were like, hey, look, here's a discount if you have Amazon Prime when they first launched it. Yeah. Um. I mean, yes, yeah, so I've had it since I was in school, but still, I mean, 
I just assume it, but you get to see it as a part of your Amazon Prime subscription. Yeah. It just I just can't imagine anyone not seeing it. And I think everybody should see it. I mean, one reason why I think everybody should see it is that, you know, they will see, the industry will see that people really want to see these things. Yeah. And that is that is worth its weight in gold on its own right, you know? And I think for sure, Regina King, flawless direction. Yeah, you know, you definitely didn't see her forever go and Jerry Maguire and think one day she's going to direct <laughs> One Night in Miami and it's going to blow my socks off. Or Wasn't she's she going to star show in the Southland. Watchmen. Oh, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know what that is, I don't think. Oh, well, it's like a cop TV show. But speaking I'm sorry, of Watchmen, I wish that I could have jumped on that yeah. and laughed with you, but I apologize. Speaking of Watchmen, though, um, at the very, I think it might have been the first episode, uh, and this really isn't a spoiler to the to the show, but they they have that performance of um, Oklahoma, and it's like an all black yeah. cast. And what's funny is um, she's having dinner with uh, Don Johnson's character, and he's like, "Yeah, we went to go watch Black Oklahoma, and you didn't come watch it with us." And she's mm-hmm. like, "Why does it have to be Black Oklahoma?" And that was so like that caught me so off guard that I like in. I was well, like, right at, at the oh, beginning, wait, you just you it's kind Oklahoma. Of la- you just kind of laugh about it. Yeah, but you had never seen it before, and then it made me think: like, how many times have we have we done something like? Yeah, that? have we like whitewashed something? I guess. Well, you know, I I think just inherently growing up, I, I can I can only imagine the very many times that I have insensitively done something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, just from lack of knowledge or just from, you know, being lazy (laughs) and not, not fully like forming an opinion or, or being sensitive or being, you know, conscious enough to be sensitive to those things. And then, and then just throwing those terms out there and not realizing what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, like you don't really think about it until, it's brought to your attention, kind of like um, Band-Aids only ever being uh, like peach colored. Oh, my God. I'd never. You see, like yet again, I never, ever thought about that. Yeah. Because, But also the thing is, is that I never thought about that being a skin tone. Yeah. Which I guess is my own little my, my own privilege to, to look at that and think, oh, yeah, this is just the way it is. Like the norm, you know, yeah. like I see this and I just don't have to worry about it because it doesn't clash with my skin color. Yeah. Well, you probably only buy the SpongeBob. Uh, well, I mean, I do have I have so many Shakespeare Band-Aids. You have no idea. <laughs> like, it's just I think it's they, they came out with those Shakespeare insult Band-Aids. Yeah. And I have got I've probably got 20 of those. Like that's the go to gift. People are like, I don't know what to get him. I don't know. Some socks. And Anything some Shakespeare with Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, not that I'm complaining. I do love them. And, yeah. you know, but it is that is so crazy. I can't believe this. Yeah. It's just like it's, yet again, it just makes me feel it makes it makes me feel guilty and terrible. Yeah. All at the same time. But it it. it Especially seeing that, it made me think about like the appropriateness of theater, mm-hmm. and we see. It, and I'm not saying like this is a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not inherently calling this a good or bad thing, but I am saying that like sometimes when we watch The Lion King, 
and it's a bunch of white kids doing it. Oh my gosh! And yes. like I saw that thing on TikTok not too long ago. It's and like it's what like happens when a bunch of white island. kids want to perform? Exactly, Hamilton. It's it's once on this island. Is it the same way? Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, what's the other one? Moana is the other one. Yeah. I mean, even I remember looking at Moana. Um, as an option for for the school back whenever it was when I thought it was a possibility that we could do theater safely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we eventually didn't do that because we realized <laughs> yes. we can't do theater safely. So we're not doing it. Yeah. Um, but we were looking at Moana and even in the cast, they said, you know, that you should look at casting Pacific Islanders mm-hmm. and people of color is, is what it said. And I just. I was like, well, of course, that makes total sense. And then I immediately thought there are going to be so many white kids doing this show. Yeah. And it's going to look so strange and no one's going to think twice about it. Yeah. It is definitely the the thing on TikTok that you and I send back to each other every once in a while. (laughs) Yes. What is the worst thing your high school theater teacher ever did? Oh, those are my favorite ones. Oh, my gosh. So uncomfortable. I mean, I didn't have a high school theater teacher. Same here. Yeah. (laughs) But it's fun to watch other people have those cringy moments. Yeah, that is. Oh, man. And speaking of high school, like somebody was texting me the other day about like they were having to uh, grade or or be a judge on this thing for this high school like these high school performances or whatever that they've recorded and submitted for some festival maybe or whatever and they were judging them and this one high school was doing um virginia wolf oh my god and then you said that to me furthered the whole like is this appropriate for high school well and that's that's the other thing i i feel like that as theater artists it is our job and our 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 duty to look at stuff and think should we be doing this and why are we doing this yes. not it shouldn't be like i want to do this and that's why we're doing it i think that has to be a little bit of it but it should be why why yeah. do i need to do this show why in the world would a high schooler Ever need to perform Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? No, never. It makes no sense. For There's one, not a single thing in that show that they could relate to. That was what I was just about to bring that up. Ever poss- and if they can relate to it, then you need to be doing something else with this kid. They you need, need to, to be, be taking therapy. them to therapy. <laughs> yes. It's like there's no, re- there's no reason. And to be honest, I would buy a ticket to the show. <laughs> Because I'm like, I. You mean the show, not the therapy show. Yeah, not the therapy show. But I would buy a ticket to the show of being like, what, how in the world could they possibly do this? I think of it like that, um, that school in California, in, um, uh, in San Francisco that does those like adult movies like Scarface with their kids and they're on YouTube (laughs) and stuff and you see them. And like all of those. Like popcorn for the. Oh, yeah, for the cocaine. But I mean, it just, I, that's what I think about. I'm like, that's, it, this is essentially the same way. And like, how could they possibly have done Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and kept all of it in there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just don't, I know, I'm sorry that I just got a little like overly excited about that, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it, it kind of infuriates me in a way. Well, it's crazy because like, because there's so many shows. Yes. Yes. That are, that are appropriate for, the 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 cast and the audience that they're going to be performing this for 
And there, and, and like from my perspective, though, it's like when you're in high school, how could you possibly understand not only the context but the subtext? And why would you want to? Yeah, that you're not jaded yet. in high school. Don't want you don't want to jump into that. And if you haven't seen or read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you should. And if you're over the age of 30, you definitely should because you will relate to it in so many ways. <laughs> yes. But a high schooler would never, ever relate to that show. It just it's, it's so, so wild to me. Um, I I hope that I never get to a point where I have completely lost touch in that way where I'm like, this is totally fine. Yeah, it's totally fine for them to do this. And you know what I think of that is there was some teacher that's always wanted to do this or there was some like educator in some way that was I really wanted to do Virginia Woolf and I didn't get to and so now my kids are doing it well that has to be what it is kind of like the uh you know those parents that kind of live like vicariously through their kids yeah and having like a second high school experience or maybe you'll see some um theater uh teachers in that you know teach high school and they're like reliving their glory days in mm-hmm. uh their theater career or their college career and performing roles that they performed and tell- Now look, I I never went to and I I have no problem calling anybody out, but I I never went to a high school with theater in it. And so that was not a thing that we had. But I do know that in our town specifically, that there is or there there was at least whenever I was coming up, that there was a like the high school theater teacher was going to play the lead in Les Mis, and like that makes no sense. Like yeah, you're going to cast no. yourself as Jean Valjean and have all these kids. Like one, why would you want to do that? Yes, why? It makes no sense. It's kind of you know I. There, there are a lot of other things that, that popped into my head just then. And it is it is ridiculous that I feel like in any sort of way that I have to try to censor what I'm saying right now because of how ridiculous the subject is. <laughs> because I feel like everything that I should say about it should be said and that people should change. <laughs> yes. But... At the same vein, I don't I don't want to get the text messages. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> just like if, if there was some distance, but still it just makes no sense. I think of it as an educator, like somebody who actually does, you know, that came back here and wants to teach people about theater and to try to bring that passion that I have for it back into the community. I cannot imagine ever like teaching high school theater or teaching uh acting classes. Yeah. And then when it comes time for the showcase or for the final performance or whatever it is, me playing the lead role or any role. Like if I'm teaching an acting class and the kids have a showcase, I'm not going to be in the showcase. Yes. That makes no sense. (laughs) It would be it would be almost like you're having this high school track meet. And then, and then you also let runs. Usain Bolt yeah. run too. <laughs> or, it's like, here's what regular people look like or, when they run versus I mean, an just, Olympic. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, I'm going to, what I was thinking was, is like, okay, we're going to play football and listen at the last, the last quarter. And I took everything in me not to say inning just then. <laughs> <laughs> at the last quarter, we're going to let the coach play. He's going to be quarterback. He was yeah. a quarterback in high school. We're going to let him throw the ball for us. Um, just so that the 
parents of the of the football players can see that he's a good player. Yeah, that it, that it's in safe hands. And so the it's program. so they're they're worth it's worth it because did you see he can really throw the ball? Yeah, that's and that's always the excuse I hear from people when they're like, oh yeah, I performed, but I, I mean I have to show them that I can do it. Like, well, teach what? them. You're you're not there to show them that you can perform. You're there to being able to perform really well and being able to teach other people about this art form is very different. Yes. Two very different things. And it just seems so self-serving and masturbatory to me. Yes. And I just, I hate it. So the minute, like, you know, not, it, it was a couple of, um, maybe two years ago, Lexi and I went to Baton Rouge to hear, or to hear, Lord, to, um, <laughs> to watch. To, <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. We went down there to watch we my like to nieces. We like to be really immersed in the dance. We just really experience. wanted to hear the dance. <laughs> The dance recital. We just went there to hear. We blindfolded her, so it was crazy. We went down there to see my nie- or our niece's dance recital, and the 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 dance instructors, the teachers, and the owner of the company danced in between each one of the kids' numbers, like they all had solos. And I'm watching that, and I'm like, okay, you want to see the, you want to see it or whatever. But a part of me just keeps saying. You just wanted to do this. Oh, yeah. Like, you just... And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, if I were a parent, I'd be sitting here thinking, okay, so this was four minutes of me watching you dance. I am going to spend about two hours watching other kids dance that aren't mine, and then I'm going to spend about 15 minutes, maybe, watching my kid dance. Yeah. And I'm here for a total of three hours. And part of that was wasted on me watching you. Yeah. Like, are I don't, that's not why I'm here. No, that, that, that is. After, that is, and then I'm thinking like, and then they paid for all those costumes. I just, the whole time. And I know dance recitals are like a whole other different animal. Yeah. But still, that's what I, that's the way that I attribute it to acting class. Like if I'm going to get up there and I'm going to sing a song or I'm going to do a monologue like that. It's just, the yes. <laughs> like I cannot imagine. I feel like out here in Marksville, if I got up there and tried to do that, the parents would be like, what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like, cause I've, I've been reading that book that just came in for me, uh, directing actors. And, oh yeah. And I hadn't talked to you about that yet. And it's, and it's basically like one of the things that I really appreciate is it's how to approach actors in to bring out the best part of their performance and it's never a like line reading of any kind of sort like you never want to i you know i'm always against line readings of any kind unless it's hey look we're wasting everyone's time at rehearsal you cody just tell me what you want and i'll i'll get there yeah and I've heard you do that before, and <laughs> I also remember thinking that it was freaking hilarious. I, what it was, it was kind of like people beating around the bush, and it's like, tell me what you want. She's like, listen, obviously you don't want me to. Dis- well, but this particular moment, it was like, you obviously you don't want me to discover this on my own. Yeah, you don't trust my so choices. So why don't you just tell it? me yeah. what to do? <laughs> it's like it's in the tool bag. Just tell me what you want. Just anyway, that's neither here nor there. But one of the things that I thought about, and it, with, with reading that book. And with the appropriateness of theater was kind of like the five W's of writing, which, you know, what, when, where, why, who, and, and well, you know, how. But thinking of it in that way, like, what is appropriate? When yeah. is it appropriate? How is it appropriate? You know, who is appropriate to play mm-hmm. roles in, a, in, in shows that are traditionally 
and and I'm not saying that like I wouldn't love to be able to sing like um uh what's his name uh Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie Odom Jr. But I just would have never thought you would have forgotten <laughs> his name. Well, I started thinking of um <clears throat> so ashamed Lin Manuel Miranda. That's who yeah, you want to sing with. I got like I already sing like him. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, you are my son. Um, <laughs> we sit on that dude for too long, man. <laughs> But it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, that has to- been that particular thing has been recorded too many times in this. It's it's probably the worst sued. inside. Like joke. if that dude, if we ever met him, he'd be like, would hey, feel, can you guys cut it out? Listen, I would. Yeah, he'd be like, I've been bullied by these two guys in Louisiana. <laughs> if he's worried about us, yeah, there's that's definitely the some only issues. problem he's got. That would be the best possible thing for us, to be honest. Look at the publicity. That's what I'm People saying. People would start hate listening to us again. And that uh, that's fine. Right. That's fine with me. <laughs> I mean, I was super excited to see that we were like what was it like 6 people away from 800. Yeah, you sent me that the other day. And I was I I just kind of like lost my mind a little bit. It's I like know, I've I got just a don't PlayStation 5 it. again. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, of course, from the bottom of my heart, from the editor (laughs) (laughs) and his friend. (laughs) But yeah, I just thought about it in that way of writing. um, Well, I do think that every single person before you do anything, theater, life, buying a car. Yes. You should always consider the reasons why. You know, why am I doing this? Yeah, we do. I need to do this. I mean, it is a whole lot of work to put on a show. Yes, it is so much work to put on a show, and the rewards a lot of the times you're most of the time or all the time you're they're not profit. They're, yeah, it's not a monetary reward. That's not why you're in this, and so you're doing this hopefully for the right reasons, and. I just it it just boggles my mind how somebody could just jump in and be like, yeah, this is totally appropriate. This yeah. is fine. How do you not consider all your options? Well, it was something that you know, you know, hearkening back to like kind of what we've been talking about, Mockingbird for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. of you know, because we had had that discussion and and our fear of you know, what if no one shows up to play the Reverend Calpurnia right, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or uh, uh, Tom what, Robinson. Like, yeah. Yeah. What if no one uh, shows up to play those three characters? Well, right. Well, in our like, particular well, community then, yeah. that, of actors that we have, we just don't have, uh, we don't have like culturally in our town. We've, we've never really had a, a large African-American presence as far as what the acting field has. Yes. And, I, I don't know why that is. I really do not know why that is. But it, it seems like I, I it's just always kind of been a struggle. And I was really worried about it. And I just kind of thought, you know, if we do this, they're going to show up. I mean, of course, yeah. luckily. Field of dreams. It. Yes. If you if, <laughs> if you post it, if you post it, they will come. Yes. Um, I just I and of course, I feel like we covered our basis in a way where we just reached out to our friends that we yeah. knew and we were like, hey, you know, would you be interested in coming in and reading for this, which would be great. And then hoped for surprises, which is really what you do on on any other thing. But mm-hmm. I do wish because I know that we have and that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do Mockingbird is that I know that we have so many talented people here. Yes. And so many of them just 
don't know or or think about doing a show. Yeah. And it's like, how do you appeal to that audience and to bring them in and to want to be a part of it? And, you know, I I I hope I and I hoped that doing this show would would open those doors in some kind of way of being like, this is possible. Yeah. This is something that I can come and do and that, you know, I just the accessibility of it is is my my big my big thing that mm-hmm. I want. I want people to to know that it's there and it's accessible and that it's a safe place yeah. to be and that you know we're doing it for the right reasons and you know I I just think about all the shows that I would love to do that are centered around I I honestly don't know if yeah. I'm supposed to say people of color. I think yeah. <laughs> they they identify. I know. I know that that's terrible, but I was like, am I supposed to? Like, I know that I've heard this like a thousand times, but yes. I don't want to be offensive. Well, any kind of you know ethnicity outside of the, like like our a white aw- race. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I just don't. I don't want to sound like an idiot. Well, no, no, no. It's one of those things like because you definitely don't want to whitewash a certain thing. But I think that there are some things where like if you were doing sort of maybe like a murder mystery, maybe like you could you could even gender bend a little bit like on an Agatha Christie sort of situation, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that gender bending is wrong, I, I didn't mean just gender bending, but no, no, or, or I kind understand of like, you know, where you can get away with bending. it more like that. But I I know I, I, I would not have oh I just did that thing that I hate. I went like why do I do that? That's a, the weirdest freaking noise <laughs> in the world. I'm about to speak. That's like engaging is that something you would like me to I'm edit engaging out my forward? vocal cords. <laughs> I'm literally engaging my vocal cords to exhale. Like, what does that even mean? Like, you're taking off. <laughs> Here I am. Here I go. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I heard it. I cannot believe I did that. Um, Over and out. Yeah, basically. There you go. That's just, that's going to be my new sign off from now on. <laughs> and that was Chris. <laughs> Uh, but there, but I was, what I was going to say is that I would love, I would love to do like, uh, oh my gosh, I would, lo- I would love to do the August Wilson, like a, a saga of August Wilson plays. Oh, like every year, if so I could do good. like some August Wilson plays, or if I could do like, I would love to do an all black streetcar. I would oh. love to do that. And I think it would be so cool, like to do. I just I see it that way in my head, and and I know that they did they did a an, an all black version of that in New York a, a, like years ago, but um it just it's so interesting to me, and I don't know why those things aren't done more often, but just in our community we don't have we don't have as many African Americans show up to audition. So I wonder unless if- you you know reach out yeah. And I, I, and I feel like that that's got to be our fault. It's, it's got to be, oh, yeah. as, as theater producers, it has to be our fault that in some way they don't feel like they can show up. So I was, I was actually going to say that because I wonder if like these two kids, you and I, from these very small towns who had no avenue to even be in, like we genuinely... From where we grew up, we have no business being in theater at all. Right. Like, at all. And it's so amazing to think, like, the two of us had this dream to 
tell stories mm-hmm. in this way. Like, I wonder what it would be like if we were able to maybe have sort of these, like, you know, African-American casts or if, to do these shows, right? And to have that sort of as this, like, and I don't want to be, like, diminutive with this by saying, like, like to give them that same thing that, like, you and I had. Yeah, well, no, I think like, it's all about opportunity. Yeah. I mean, luckily, to build I that had, opportunity, yes. in particular, I had, you know, a... My my mom signed me up to do theater in Alexandria yeah. without asking me if I wanted to do it because I was nervous about it. She just did it anyway. Said, "This is what you're doing," and that was awesome. So you have I like got to expand that energy yeah, you, somewhere. <laughs> you need to go do this. <laughs> and you know, it was I was very fortunate to have someone like her in my life. Yeah. Which actually, the day that we're recording this right now, this is her birthday, by the way. Hey. Um. But I was so fortunate to have someone like her in my life that basically saw this opportunity and thought, well, this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go do this. And it was something that I always wanted to do. But there has got to be a way that we can bridge the gap and make theater and the audition process or whatever it is more accessible. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is. There's got to be some kind of stigma or, uh, or, or something around it that keeps that, that, you know, keeps that population of people away. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I listen to these other podcasts that are primarily made of these white casts or whatever and especially with everything that's been happening in the past year they've been bringing on you know different you know people of color uh for various shows like they try to have like their normal cast and they'll rotate one person out every week to have you know someone of you know not white national or color or nationality or anything you know come in and, a representation of, yes. of different backgrounds. And every person that has been on every single episode always says the same thing. Being on this show is a dream come true. I can't believe I'm on here. Yeah. And it was like you said a minute ago, like it's all about that opportunity. Yeah, just we the have to door. Build that opportunity. Just opening the door for someone. Yeah. And I I mean, I would love to think that, you know, something that we created opened the door for anyone. And and showed them, you know, that this is possible. Yeah. And I do think that just in general, where we live uh, and it's the socioeconomic status of people that um, no matter what your your background or your ethnicity, that sports is everybody's way out, you know, yeah. and it's and it's also just the thing that people do. You know, I know that I have. We were just having a conversation yesterday about a particular child and it is a like a heartbreaking situation but you know where we live there is this rampant toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. you know and uh and i know that these kind of when people hear these things especially where we are they think of them as like buzzwords and not important yes and and that's just not true i mean i it, it the there is so much toxic masculinity in our community. Oh, and I see it all the time. And I see it all the time as a young, uh, as somebody who does theater art, uh, children's theater. Mm -hmm. Um, and that works with young artists a lot where it's like, okay, this is where the, the girls can do theater 
and the guys are going to go play football or baseball. Yeah. Those are your options. And as a dad, I don't want my kid to be in theater. I don't want my son to be in theater. Mm -hmm. And I cannot wrap my head around that. Mostly because that's not at all my background. Like yeah. that's that's not how I grew up. That's not what that's not at all the way that my father was. Were the same way that my parents were, in that we want you to explore the things that you're interested in so you can find that of passion. Course. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, my dad wanted me to play sports. He wanted me to do the things that he did. And it was rough for the two of us. <laughs> I mean, he I and I played that I played that year. Look at him football. now, he wants to be doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's kind of true. I've got to connect with my son. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do theater. Um even though it scares me. Uh but I mean, he he played football and I and it, well, to his credit, I would say he he wanted me to do it and try it to see if I liked it. Yeah. And once I said that I did not like this and the season was over and I finished it out, my I fulfilled my commitment, I didn't have to do it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to finish. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, there was a lot of tears and they were not just shed by me <laughs> about me f finishing these sports. But I, in a way, I think that that really prepared me to be who I am today of just being yeah. like, you know what, this is not... This isn't the best thing in the world, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out and and then you know the next time that I have this option, I'm going to not do it or change it to yeah. make it better, you know. But he uh, he never once if if I would have said that I wanted to to go to dance classes or anything like that, that would have been totally welcome in my house. Yeah, but I know so many people, you know, around that that would not be a thing. Yeah, and that's what's so, like, it, when you were talking about toxic masculinity, like, you and I both know that without a doubt. Yeah. But. I mean, you work in a, at a like, where you work. Yes. That's a, that's a very, like, an, an intense environment as far as that goes. And, um, and I think that you are kind of perfect for that because you you don't care. Yeah. And you I could just, not care less. Yeah. And you, like, you can toe the line with, with these like very blue collar workers, yes. you know, and um, I'm not saying that every blue collar worker is this way, but yes. you know, for the most part where we are, the I, stereotypes exist for a reason yeah. with those people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course. So blue, blue collar workers. I yeah, mean. no, yes. I understand what you're saying, but you know, in this particular instance, there is a, what I was talking about earlier is that there is a, a, a child who's, like dad refuses to let them do theater, even though they're incredibly interested in it and that's what they want to do. And they, they'll just say, you can't do anything. Yeah. Like, All right. You're not doing anything now. Like, why is that? Like, it's so what heartbreaking is the... and repressing. And right. And I just, and, and it just is building walls and, and it makes it breaks my heart because it's denying somebody something that could bring yeah. them so much joy, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, why not let them and explore I don't know it what and then to say do. that they hate it? Yeah, and then be like, maybe I do want to play football instead. But you know, and, and there are good stories. There are also good stories, and we were kind of talking about this earlier because I was talking about Brene Brown. She was talking about a study that she had done when she would ask people questions about things that they would always lead with the negative response first. Yes. And 
it is it is the same thing with this. I mean, there are amazing stories of people in our community whose fathers are huge into sports and hunters and are just like all in on the testosterone train, yeah. you know, and still they're like, you know what? This is what my kid enjoys and this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And one person that I think about is is uh, John Gary. Yeah. Who who was in who was in Annie. Well, actually, we had a lot of people in Annie that were. <laughs> but John Gary's like John Gary, Robbie Bush. Like these are like guys, guys, these are like yeah. a, a man's man, you know, and their kid is interested in theater. And so they're going to see what it's about. Right. And so like John Gary plays Daddy Warbucks. Right. And he's like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, we're going all in. Shaves his head. But he also is a good, smart person. He's like, you know what? I'll shave my head, but I'll also do it if people raise money for an organization. Yeah. And then we'll film it. Which was awesome that he And it was that. just so smart, like cool stuff like that. And that, that to me is one of the things that I love to see. And I'm like, this is why doing theater in a small community is so mm-hmm. awesome. So it gives these opportunities to kids to that wouldn't get this opportunity, but it also gives it to their parents yeah. who didn't get it when they were growing up. And offers this experience a new perspective. And it is one of those things, like, because especially like with doing children's theater, and because I work with blue collar workers, I can go have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Like, we can go talk about these blue collar things. And, and that's so crazy and cool to me because one of the, like, very rarely do I like to, and, and, you know, especially like how this whole episode started, like, I don't really like to have any kind of, you don't like compliments. Yeah. And I don't like any, and the but I love to be on you. listening to other people and hearing their stories. So it's, it's really cool to see like these, these, like you said, blue collar worker guys backstage moving set pieces and like having their faces light up when their kids are on stage My, doing these things. One of the things that I love is every time, every single time, is that they watch the show and they're like there for a couple of rehearsals and then they come they come to me after the first night or whatever and they always are just like so blown away. They're yeah. like, I cannot, like this was amazing. Yeah. I cannot believe, like, you know, my kid is so much different. They have so much more confidence. Like our relationship is better. Just like so many mm-hmm. things. It's like they got this shared experience that in all honesty, I, I don't think that you get really in, anything else yeah i just i can't think of anything and may, maybe i'm wrong but i mean if i were i feel like you're it's it's so much more intimate in a way and like your experience is so much closer like than mm-hmm. if i were like had a kid and i was coaching their team it i just feel like we wouldn't have this shared experience yeah. it just so, deals so much more with emotions and i i, I don't know i i genuinely have to believe that art is so moving to people that it changes it's got to be at least one yeah just one and that was time. christian Godet. yeah he, um, he sent me the message too speaking he's about he's a beautiful man our fellow collaborator <laughs> um but but I, I i genuinely have to believe in it because and i i'm sure that you remember this um there was an offensive phrase that was uttered all throughout high school and i can genuinely say that I could not tell you the last time I heard the phrase, that's gay. Oh, yeah. Well, and even in even in working with these blue collar guys yeah. who may have said this for decades almost, mm-hmm. 
never hear that. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of disappeared. Yeah. I mean, I will Which say is beautiful, that, by the way. that I actually, like, not too long ago, in the middle of class, one of the kids said that. And, you know, when you hear stuff like that as a teacher or, you know, like a mentor, whatever you want to call it, it's very difficult to know what to do. Because of the possibility that someone in your class is has just been alienated is mm-hmm. very high. Yeah. And you never want anyone to feel like they're on the outside, especially in a, in a moment where they already feel that way. Yeah. So you don't want to push them further out. And so I said, I remember I said to the student, I said, you know, why would you like what what exactly I, I had them really explain to me what they just said. And why they said it. <laughs> yes. And they were very confused. And they were like, oh, well, that's not what I meant. And I said, well, what exactly did you mean? And it's just that conversation. And I, I won't go into the whole conversation that we had. Um, and it was hard for me, too, because I also was kind of angry <laughs> because I didn't like hearing it. Well, yeah. And it was also disappointing because it it just it fills you in so much. Of, it, it was just sad. And um, and after I had this conversation, and, and it's just difficult for people, I think, to know that words matter. Yes. And that they are important, and the things that you say and the way that you say them are important, and that there is always somebody listening. Mm-hmm. And to every word. To every single word, and, and they're going to pick up on it. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that you always have to worry like people are always saying like well I don't want to have to just worry about your feelings all the time. Like my least favorite bumper sticker. Like I don't care what your political leanings were. Mm-hmm. But going down the road there's the um there's that one bump bumper sticker that said Trump 2020 F your feelings. Yeah. Oh that just like drives me insane. Yeah. It drives me insane. Who threw a temper tantrum? Yeah, well, I mean, yes, but it just it drives me crazy whenever yeah. I read that because, sure, like you don't want to have to worry about everybody's feelings all of the time, but it is the easiest thing that you can do. Yeah, the absolute easiest thing you can do is just to consider someone else's path mm-hmm. and be like, maybe I don't want to trample on them today. Yeah, you I know just what? Don't understand it. It's it's crazy to me because. And, and I may have told this on here, but there's been a couple of times in the store where like things will happen, things that are outside of our control. Maybe it's like uh, a freight delivery doesn't come in on time or another store had ordered this thing to be delivered to my store and it doesn't arrive on time. And like I'll hear just like normal guys, business. things. Yes. Like, you know, stuff happens. And especially like right now when people are understaffed and there is this pandemic going on and and and. You know, things just happen, right? Things mm-hmm. in life just happen. And and I've had a couple of guys start to get mad and start to raise their voice. And it would be so easy for me to match that energy. But in all that I've learned in what I understand with psychology is to be like, hey, look, I understand your situation. We can't change what's happened. How do you want to move forward? And exactly, in, like you're you're angry for no like yeah. This is gonna solve nothing. like you, you're 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 expending all of this energy on this thing that we can't change. And you're right, it makes you mad and it makes me look bad. And I don't want to look bad at my job, like no matter yeah. what I do. Like we talked about, I we probably put in about forty hours of tap dance alone for me to do like two moves. 
Yeah, um, no, no, it wasn't two moves. It was really awesome, and but, I'm actually really sad that it's not filmed because it was really good. But but all that to say, like, in changing the way you approach people, like, imagine if I'd have just gotten mad back at them, like that solves absolutely nothing. It would have solved nothing. So and I you would have lost the customer. Yeah, completely. I can't be like. Screw your feelings. And also, like, you're going to go home and feel what about yourself? Yeah. You're going to feel better about yourself and then because there's, you did Like, this? we talked about those 10 minutes ruining your entire day. Yeah, it would have been totally done. Like, I'd have been, I'd have been upset and I'd have had to go to, the, to my office and sit for, like, five minutes to calm down and, and come like, back. You know, being an adult is hard. And it's also <laughs> yes. hard whenever you have to actually be an adult. Yes. And it seems like people sometimes forget that. And, you know, we've we've said it before. I, I just can't remember the last time that I raised my voice at someone. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because as an adult, there's no reason for that ever. There's just not a reason no. for it. And short of someone trying to kill me, I just can't <laughs> like I can't imagine it. Like, why would I ever yell at someone? Yeah. For something that that has happened. Yeah, it's like to me, especially yelling at someone, it's like a complete loss of control. And it it's doesn't like, make any like sense. that's totally inappropriate to and it's not conducive to fixing the issue. Yeah. So but but it's it, like and, you just wish that you had like the the sweet tea to smack up against somebody's face every <laughs> once in a while. But there is one other thing that I do want to point out about you talking about that bumper sticker. And then it's not it's not a and, and this is what this genuinely breaks my heart on such a deep level is that it's not America 2020. Yeah. It's Trump. True. It's 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 person's name. Yeah, well, and that was the whole thing about when they were raising that flag. That was the that was that was a rough day. Like I just I just can't wrap my mind around like coming together. Like especially Willie and and I know that like we're like off topic now, but like just coming together after 9/11. Like we were America, yeah. We were we were united on well, that front. But I mean, that was appropriate. You know, division, if is, you will. There is there is money in division, and there is there are votes in division. There it is, and there and there's. So it, it doesn't matter the the people that are trying to get people to vote for them or to to do anything like that. It doesn't actually have to do with any sort of political leaning or yeah. I mean, anything. It's just catering to people's emotions and division so that they can get a vote. Yeah. And I think that ultimately, and I was talking to this, uh, maybe about you. And it seems like no matter what, people are just always voting for people who don't support the National Endowment of the Arts. (laughs) (laughs) Or PBS. (laughs) But I remember talking to this, and it might have been with you about, like, like we're so, like, I feel like our age group is so globally centered as far as like how we think about like what's happening next about whether what we're doing today is appropriate like especially like with theater like is this appropriate to do we also think about i think it's just but i don't think that's a bad thing i think no absolutely not people you know what's interesting is that the people that i hear talking about this like they're tired of it or they're just like ugh, are the people that have never had to worry about being marginalized yeah it's like the one <laughs> yes. second that they've had to consider someone else's feelings or like, you know, maybe being culturally sensitive. They're they're so exhausted yeah. that they can't get out of bed. 
<laughs> and they record TikToks of themselves crying hysterically. Like, what are th- what what is <laughs> like? I'm sorry that that this is happening, but I don't think that it's a bad thing to realize that you're not the center of the universe. Yeah. You know, that was one of the I, I you know, you, you learn about this in psychology and it's so hard to grow out of, especially coming into adulthood, is that no one is looking at you and no one cares about what you're doing. Like, you right. know, I used to want to be like, I want to look cool doing this. And I realize now uh, that I look like a dork doing everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I it, it, people's perceptions, I, I do think, you know, that's one of the things we work on a lot or I work on with with people in acting class is getting rid of the the third eye that I call it that is is the person that's that that's you yeah. watching yourself while you're acting. And you can see it while people are on stage. You're like, "Oh, look at them." Oh, uh, they want to look so they are cool. They're really their... watching themselves yeah. right now. And they're not experiencing it. And so since you're not they're like those actors that don't want to look ugly, you know. Yeah. And since they don't want to look ugly, they never really fully give a good performance. I cannot stand that. And it's always because they are just looking at themselves all the time. And getting rid of that is difficult. The great artist Marshall Mathers said it best. Lose yourself. No, 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 no. What? Lose yourself. Lose yourself in the music. The moment <laughs> you want it, you better never let it go. Like, I, I was don't know going, what you were. I was going, lose yourself. Lose yourself. Ba-na-na-na. What is that? What? <laughs> what is that actually? So they're not saying lose yourself. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I could not be more lost. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I don't actually know. Uh, today there were so many other things that I thought we were going to talk about, but clearly you and I have just had some things on our minds. Yes. Because each time that we've sat down, it it seems like this is just. And I, that, that is one of the things is just kind of constant. I think it's on everybody's mind. It's just this this constant like pressure. But I will say, you know, I um, I have felt so much better about our country lately. Mm. <laughs> just like just this little bitty bit. Like I, I watched an interview with our with the new press secretary and I was just so thankful for how just polite and easy it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know. I remember at one point she said, I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm not a scientist. Yeah. So I'm going to get with a scientist or someone from this team and find the appropriate answer for you and the right answer for you. And then I will tell you. And they asked her again. And she said, as I said, I don't know this information. Yeah. When I know it, I will give it to you. Yes. Instead of, let me just make up something. Yeah. (laughs) And that just makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Throw anything that sticks at the wall. Yeah, just let me just throw something out there, which I know this is not what we're talking about. Yeah, but I do think that it's, it's, it's important to, you know, be appropriate with what you know, what you don't know. And th- that kind of like harkens back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, well, like it's we like have to knowing find... the fact that you and I will never, ever be in fences. Yes. And I don't want to show. be in fences. I love that show, though. I love, I love it, it. But I don't want to be in it. Yeah. 
And one of the reasons why I don't want to be in it is because I will never fully grasp the meaning of that show. Yeah. As those characters, I will not be able to identify. Yeah. Sure, there are certain aspects of it that I can identify with, but I will never fully understand the scope of it. Yeah. Because that's not anything that's built in me that I've that I've grown up with. And I would never want to put that show on because it wouldn't make as much sense. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't work. But and how so beautiful since would I know that like- this show was written for African Americans, for black actors, there's no way in the world that I would put yeah. two white dudes in there. <laughs> and if I did, what in the world am I saying? Yeah. And what am I saying to other people about myself if I do that? Yeah. I just I don't understand. I had a, a voice teacher in college that constantly wanted me to sing songs because my voice is lower mm-hmm. they wanted me to sing these songs like he wanted me to sing this song from porgy and bess mm-hmm. which is a beautiful show uh, oh my gosh it's, it is a, a gorgeous show but it is not a show that a white person would be in yeah and i would have no business singing that song and i remember telling him <laughs> i said obed which was his name yeah o-b-e-d I was like, man, that is his name was Obed Flown. So I'm throwing you under the bus, buddy. But um, which is very Irish, I guess. But Obed was he was like, you know, you you should your voice is perfect for this song. You should sing it. And I said, like, I cannot sing this song. I'm white. And he's like, no, it, that doesn't matter. Like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. It matters. I mean, this was in like 2011 or 2010 yeah. or something. And I was like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. Of course it matters. I. One, I would never be able to sing this in an audition. They would think I was insane. And two, I shouldn't sing it because I don't get it. Yeah. And also it was like affecting a, because it was it was about like an older gentleman, like a, and it was like affecting the voice and stuff. It was like, I yeah. can't do this. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And he said, well, I'm putting it in your book and you have to do it. And when it came time for our vocal jury, which is basically like your test for, for voice lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it came time for that, that is the song that he chose for me to sing. Wow. And at, at the vocal jury, jury, your voice teacher got to choose the song that you sang in front of the entire vocal staff. So every single voice teacher at uh, Oklahoma City University was sitting in there. And he took out my book, which was my binder with all my music in it. And they just got to choose one. And I had to sing something for my final, essentially. And that's what he chose. And he knew he was going to do that from the beginning. And I said I didn't want to sing that song. And then five other people turned around and looked at him and said, why in the world would he be singing that song? That's great. And he said, that's the song that that works for his voice. And that's what he's going to sing for his final. And I said, "Um, no, I'm actually going to sing a different song. And this is the song that I, I'm going to sing. And I just, <laughs> he gave me a C on my final, by the way. It's passing. So he gave me a C. I was like, how in the world? I was still mad. I was really mad about that so C. So appropriate for like a vocal major or performer, but not for a doctor. Exactly. Exactly. A C. There you go. So. But yeah, you know, no, I, I I didn't mean to diminish what you were saying. No, you were throwing to, the to Matthew McConaughey joke. green lights yeah. thing in there. I understood. <laughs> I understood what you were saying. Um, but it was the it was just the fact that 
Like I could almost understand if there's just something that vocally somebody is struggling with and they need to learn something. So yeah. as a part of your class, you're going to teach them this so that they can learn how to do something else. Yeah. I could see it as a teaching tool. Do I see it as an appropriate? Uh, it's definitely not appropriate. No. And luckily, like at the time, even I knew it wasn't appropriate. But what in that instant showed me was somebody that probably realized it was inappropriate once it was brought up. Yeah. But dug their heels in anyway and was like, no, no, it's fine. You don't know. Well, because that's great they felt uncomfortable. That was, you know, at this point, uh, 10 years ago and that's the first time you know you're really starting to understand and feel the pushback of like this isn't yeah okay to gain a little perspective on on you know this isn't my walk of life I shouldn't be doing this yeah I mean I hope that I hope that that never ever happens to anyone in our theater that we ever make people feel uh that we ever make people feel alienated or like, you know, something that we're doing is, is not appropriate and that we're marginalizing yeah. people. I just, I just hope so much that that never happens. Unless you're getting on to Lexi for changing you into the wrong character. But who knows? Maybe we'll just do an all white dream girls. All right. That seems like a good place to wrap up this week. <laughs> just going to wrap up on all white dream girls. Can you, you Isn't and I will be mean the dream girls. girls. I'll be beyond. Huh? Isn't that called Mean Girls? Oh, that was so good. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you with your music theater. I don't use it often. Oh, my gosh. I don't gosh. have a vast knowledge of it. You only barely know about that because uh, of Kaylin. That's true. <laughs> yes. Should we end on a joke? Do you have a joke? Do I have a joke? Yeah. I told the joke last time. Okay, I've, I've got a story. Um, uh, our friend David, who uh, we both know. Um, he uh, recently lost his ID, so he wants us to call him Dave. That was Chris. <laughs> that was Kirby. <laughs> for you. Nothing. It's terrible.